and welcome to the 81st episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Etner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. So this week, we're pleased to welcome Erilyn Pressgard to the podcast. Erilyn is the CEO and co-founder of Working Group 2, a company that makes cloud-native mobile core working towards changing MVNO and operator business models. How are you doing, Erilyn? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm terrific. So, Erilyn, we've been on calls with AWS, and they were really gushing about Working Group 2's standalone 5G core running on the AWS cloud. Uh, can you introduce us to Working Group 2 and what you guys do? Very much so. Working Group 2, what we're fundamentally trying to do is to make connectivity more valuable and more useful. And we think the key to doing that is to make connectivity programmable to anyone, to to any third-party developer, to any individual, to any enterprise, any company. Make all connectivity assets programmable. And we think the entry point and the gateway into making that happen is the mobile core. So for the last six years or so, we've basically been building a mobile core ground up to make it programmable at global scale. So we're building a global mobile core that offers programmability for anyone where any operator can connect their networks to that mobile core. That's a short summary. So since you're building this up from basically a blank sheet of paper, this gives you a lot of freedom on how to do it right. What are some of the choices that you have made that really make make you distinct and different to, to what else is out there? Yeah, we're making a couple of, we think, very radical choices for the telco industry, actually very everyday choices for most other tech industries. But they include things like uh, we're very, you know, we're very public cloud centric. We, one of the reasons I think Amazon is excited about us is that we, we really leverage Amazon, in, in not just, you know, compute and storage, but we actually use their services. We leverage a lot of their security services. We, we really try to get economics, flexibility, and innovation power by leveraging public cloud and, and AWS specifically. That's, that's number one. Number two is, I think we're one of the few companies that offer mobile core as true SaaS. So for an operator, it kind of boils down to buying a mobile core almost as an, as an API. So we basically handle everything on behalf of the operator. The operator just instructs us, you know, how many SIM cards with what services should be activated. So it's, it's, it's true SaaS, which also allows us to deliver our network in true DevOps. And I think we have this uh, fun statistic that in, in January, I think we pushed 650 something changes into a production core network which I think is quite unusual in the industry and points to, number one, innovation capacity and, and kind of rate of improvement. And number two, it, it points to how you manage risk, where for us, we manage risk by doing as many, as small changes as possible. And I think in a traditional telco mindset, you actually manage risk by making as few changes as possible. So I think we're, we're, we're basically introducing both technology choices and models from, I would say, any modern tech company into telco would be my short summary. 
Yeah, and you know, you've showed me, you know, how it works. And it's really interesting that, you know, you can do this many changes, become very agile. It also makes you then very close to the operator. And it there must be a very close relationship of trust because you're at the heart of the network, right? Indeed. And I think this is in many ways it's our biggest challenge because doing what we do, it's it's definitely a technology challenge, building the resiliency and the security and the and the performance of this is, is a non-trivial exercise to be extremely clear. But actually the, the the even bigger challenge I would say is that core network is a small part of operators' cost, but it's a very big part of the risk. So selling core networks is a credibility exercise and the only way you build it is step by step. And I think we, we've had our kind of watershed moment in, in, in pushing through. So I think we, we are building that credibility and we have, uh, I think, third-party benchmarks proving that it's really, really good. But I think it takes a long time to build a credibility, a name of credibility in this industry when it comes to core networks. That's a very, very tricky exercise. Yeah, because if you fail, they fail. And then millions of people will be very unhappy. And they will be very unhappy with the carrier. And uh, absolutely. Not necessarily you, because they don't know you, right? They don't. So so absolutely. And I think but this also comes back to, you know, I think and here AWS come back into the equation. Let's say that you you do this in the US and let's say that you actually spin up across three of AWS regions in the U.S. Now, each AWS region actually has three so-called availability zones that will allow you to have nine independent availability zones with huge capacity in in the event of a disaster, for example. That sort of resiliency and that sort of capability for disaster recovery, I would argue, is extremely difficult to replicate for most operators in the world. So... These new models, they introduce, I would say, new types of risks because, yes, our network moves a lot more. They also provide opportunities for actually reducing risk heavily because you can your security posture is very different and your ability to, to build resiliency and disaster recovery can actually also be actually a lot better than traditional models, I would argue. And I would say everybody can say they're building something, right? But you are actually you are actually deployed on several MNOs around the world already. Can you tell us about some of them and and maybe go deep on one what you all the things that you are enabling and how you are making a difference? Sure. So we started our journey with um, well, we were part of Telenor back in the days before we spun off, and our first anchor customer, and I would say development customer in many ways, was a, a, a sub-brand of Telenor in Sweden called Vimla. So they have been a customer of ours for four years now and been live on Amazon <laughs> running for four years. Interestingly, I think the network that they run on has dramatically improved over those four years without them asking for it. So that, that's kind of one aspect of the model. So, so Vimla has kind of been our development partner. I think they've been kind of, uh, it's been a very good cooperation in, in building maturity on this product with them. 
And I think we're in a very, very good place now. And I think we're kind of ready to now start innovating as well, because a big part of our promise to Vimla was let's do product and service differentiation towards the customer. And then I think we've spent quite a lot of time getting the basics in place. I think we're very comfortable there now and really looking forward to to yeah, helping them on ARPU and churn and customer acquisition to product and service innovation. So that's Vimla in, in Sweden. We are then with a company called E-Rate, which is one of the biggest MB&Es in the Nordics in Norway and, and going uh, live there now. I think it's public information that we signed with uh, IOD, which is kind of the one of the group units of the Hutchinson Group for a multi-country deployment. And we're in the middle of that. And we also uh, announced that we're working with Mitsui Group and MKI, which is Mitsui's group, uh, should we say, IT slash system integrator company in Japan. So we, we've spun up in Japan and going to market with private networks there as the first use case there. That's quite the impressive list, right? A lot of people thought like, oh, cloud native cores are, are a thing about the future. But, you know, you're, you're doing this already for four years. It is. And I think, but I think here's also kind of the industry's problem that, you know, cloud native is not an, at least for us, it's not a goal in itself. I think you have to use cloud native for something sensible and cost cutting, and maybe you can save cost. And if so, I think that's, you know, that can be a good enough reason. But I think what people are really missing out on is, you know, AWS, they have infrastructure across the globe. And it's consistent infrastructure, right? You can you can leverage the same assets with the same API across, I don't know how many regions now, I guess getting close to 30 regions plus you can take the edge sites. I think what the industry is missing is what does that give you? For us, the obvious answer is you can now deploy a globally consistent core. And then comes the question is, if you can deploy a globally consistent core, what does that do to your business? And I think it does a lot. It allows you to do, it allows you to introduce what I would say is Twilio-like programmability to every aspect of an, an, a user's mobile experience. And I think that's the that's the really interesting thing about what's happening with public cloud and mobile operators. It, it's not that you can shift your infrastructure and move from virtual machines to containers. I think the industry has done that, and they they kind of know that that doesn't give a lot anymore. I think the change, the, the potential change in business models that is allowed by leveraging public cloud, that's where it gets really interesting. Yeah, and we're now getting to the point with soon with 5G and a lot of the carriers here in the US haven't fully deployed 5G cores or they haven't what I would call a fully fledged 5G core network. And then we can innovate on it, right? It's the build it and they will come and then the proverbial inventors in in garages will will come out with new abilities and and i think it's like we, we now have the, the the time and we we talked about it you know separately that very often you know now we have already the discussion about 6g and we haven't even started <laughs> yet and it's like uh, with with 5g right you know, you put it very nicely that the industry looks like the next G as the savior instead of looking at what we have today and the promise and, and the features that are coming. 
you know, can can you a little bit expand on that? I, I think I maybe you know I find it kind of ironic is the, maybe the wrong word, but I find it interesting that the likes of Twilio are able to build a forty to fifty, what is it, forty to sixty. I, I can't remember their latest market cap now, but I, I think the enterprise value of Twilio the last time I checked was sixty billion dollars, and they started their business making SMS programmable, and the telco industry was effectively ignoring that. So I think what the industry needs to learn, or maybe learn is the wrong word, but the, what the industry needs to uh, you know, do some soul searching on is, are we making the most of the assets that we have independent of G? You know, so, so our core is a 2G, 3G, full MVNO core, 4G, 5G, and next G, full MNO core. And I think for a lot of value, it's G independent. I think I had an interesting discussion with a very senior consultant the other day, and he said that they had done a survey on, on developers and asked them, what is the, the one asset that you would like to pull out of the mobile core network? And it wasn't you know, a 5G slice or QoS. It was location. It was GPS independent location. It was battery efficient, slightly imprecise location. That was the one thing that really stood out among developers. And that doesn't, you know, it's not 5G dependent. It's It can be any G. And I think this enabling this micro innovation at scale is what operators should strive for because that micro innovation at scale would allow them to develop the thousand business cases instead of the one big bet on the next G. So I think that's at least part of our mission in life is to enable operators to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know we've been working with operators for for most of our adult lives, and like when we look at some of the their new business development folks, they're looking for business opportunities that start with a B for billion, right? Because nothing else makes a difference. For for Twilio, it started out in the millions, and now it ballooned into that, and. You know, Don always makes the comment that Twilio is is the communications provider for for people who don't want to deal with carriers. Yeah, because they make it easy, right? And there's a lot of truth in that, uh, but but there is also truth in that there is no fundamental reason why operators can't take that approach and introduce it into their networks. But it's historically they've failed at it for a number of good reasons, which we can spend a lot of time discussing. But I, I like that articulation, right? Twilio's success is because it's so hard to work with operators, uh, and we have to fix that. And it's possible to fix that. We 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 know that, and we've proven that now. I think. Well, I think working group two is really helping turning you know what was derided as dumb pipes, and and, and is turning them now into smart pipes. And I think this has really a lot of opportunity for for every participant in the marketplace, operator and an innovator that work separately alike, right? Indeed. I think one of the success factors for, for us doing our job right is that a developer should be able to, to come to our platform, uh, create a company, build a product, publish that product so that it's available to any operator on the platform and monetize that product without ever talking to us. You know, th- that's kind of where we want to get to. And, and I think we're very, very, we're basically, we're effectively there now. 
that that's the experience you want to get to. And if you if you get there, I think you will actually attract a significant level of innovation that will be materially different from where we are today. Yeah, and when when you showed it to me on on your platform, you know, live, I was very impressed. But you know, I'm very happy you had time to come on on the podcast with us, and thank you very much for sharing with us, you know, the great work that you're doing there. And and thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We enjoy talking about this, and we're quite passionate about this industry that we're in. We think I like operators, and I like telco, and I think their role in society deserves to be uh, significant. And I, I hope we can contribute to that. Excellent. Erlen, thank you so much for your time. Roger, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you, Erlen.